podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Uh, tonight with me, I have the usual crew, Jim Johnson and Daniel Reinhardt. What's up, Fin Fans? What's happening, guys? We're going to go ahead and uh, give some late midseason awards. We're going to uh, talk about our expectations for the rest of the season, and we're going to do a uh, short preview of what we think may happen in the Colt game. Uh, go ahead and get us started tonight. We'll uh, talk about some expectations. And uh, Jim, would you like to start? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, expectations moving forward. Um, it's it's really hard to get too excited since we've got like half of our starters are on IR right now. Hey, we're getting our quarterback back. We we do get Ryan Tannehill back this week, and what what what? I mean. Uh, you know, hopefully that goes well. But yeah, we we're a beat up team, and we're going through a lot of adversity. We've got we've got a couple of tough games coming up. We got to face the the Patriots, and we got to travel to the Vikings. You know, we got to play Indianapolis next weekend, uh, this coming weekend, and uh, it's gonna be. And then we play the Bills twice. There's no easy games there. This is the NFL. None of them are easy. We're a banged-up team. Um, so my expectations are that we try to stay in this rather than throwing in the towel. We do have Ryan coming back, and, and that should be a plus. He's been, he's been watching and learning and, and seeing what's going on with the offensive line. Um, and sometimes that helps you a little bit, but... You know, he's probably going to be rusty, I would think, because the guy hasn't thrown any passes at all except for the last week. So that's probably going to show up. But expectation, my expectations mainly is, is, is that the team doesn't, doesn't implode on itself. Uh, we're 5-5. We're five and five. Uh, We've won some games that we, we, maybe we shouldn't have, and we lost some games that maybe we shouldn't have. Uh, so it's you could argue it that we should be you know two and eight or eight and two. But moving forward, as banged up as we are, we've got to just see if we can catch somebody off guard. And you know, like this game with Indy, you know, going to have to get to Andrew Luck. And uh, but you know, as far as playing out the season goes, it's going to be difficult for us to you know finish this season eight and eight to be honest with you we're gonna we're gonna have hard work and uh you know we have the abilities if if we execute well but that remains to be seen and i'm i'm concerned that uh we could have trouble throughout the rest of the season yeah i don't think you mentioned the jacksonville game if i if i unless i missed it no we the, play them as well yeah we do play the jags and you know the, the battle for florida baby yeah that's that's a florida game and and you know, any of these games are winnable, really. We always play well against the Patriots at home. We've beaten them pretty regularly at home the last several years. So while the table is set there, I just struggle. You know, it's towards the end of the season. The Patriots usually start playing their best ball that time of year, and it's going to be a, a tough game. 
Uh, is it doable? Sure. Any of them. You know, we could potentially pull out pull out all of them realistically, but I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, we've we haven't scored an offensive touchdown in a month. It's uh, tough to win without points. If you can't, yeah, I mean, and we're getting Ryan Tannehill back, and and Kenny Stills is coming back, I believe. Uh, but we lost Grant. We lost Wilson. Uh, Parker is injured again. We don't know how he's going to be. Uh, we Does it matter? Yeah, no, it really Not doesn't. I don't even. Nope. I haven't counted Parker in like three right. three years. But anyway, your weapons are dwindling. You know, Carew isn't you know a world beater, obviously. Um, but you know, the Jags are a team that's struggling as well, and you know that could be one that goes in our win column. And the good news is that we're getting our tackles back too. Yeah, well, Tun- at least let's hope so. Tunzel and James are going to have to have to finish the season, or we're going to be doomed. But uh, like I say, I, you know, we're going to have to play some good ball and be sound and not uh, be com- committing a lot of silly penalties because we're, we're going to have to score some points and play mistake-free ball the rest of the way out, or we're going to be uh, having a higher draft pick. Yeah, certainly. And as far as I'm concerned, I've got two options for you here as far as expectations go. Either one, I can give you the short short version. Two, I can give you the long version. Uh, short version is I expect more of the same. You know, I expect us to be 8-8 eight and eight when it's all said and done. That's, that's my expectations as far as that's concerned. And I will abbreviate the long version a little bit. Here's what I expect. I expect Tannehill to be Tannehill. I don't think he's going to come in there and all of a sudden have uh, some sort of magical turnaround. I expect Tannehill to be Tannehill. I expect for our young defenders, Raquan McMillan, Jerome Baker, uh, Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, I expect these guys to continue to progress. I don't think that they're going to turn into a top 10 defense all of a sudden, but I continue. I expect to see them continue to progress. I expect to see our offensive line still be consistently inconsistent. That's just the way it goes for us, especially this, this season. I expect Frank Gore and Danny Amendola to continue to be the studs that they are and continue to give us every ounce of energy and heart that they have because to this point they've been uh, they've been awesome for us they have been more than I could have expected them to be and I expect our limited weapons to continue to be limited I don't see us turning this season around and being some sort of top 10 offense I want to see I want to see progression in the offense as far as scoring the football. I want to see this first drive coming out against Indianapolis go down the field and score, you know. Hey, um, hey, Daniel. But I don't expect it. So, yeah, we yeah, have, go ahead. We What's up, Jay? We haven't seen that all year long, so I, I wouldn't get your expectations too I'm, high on that one nope, right there. Nope, I'm not expecting it, <laughs> but I would like to see it. Um, I just expect more of the same from the team that we have grown to love and hate. I I think that these games are winnable coming up. We do have a couple of tough matches and we'll be seeing Josh Allen for the first time. I am sure for Buffalo, I'm sure he's probably going to be coming back healthy after their bye week. I would expect him to be suited up for them when we play them twice coming up. But I do think that we don't have one game on our schedule that is, that is unwinnable. And 
I'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of the schedule has to offer. Yeah, I'm kind of upset with them for cutting Peterson, you know? Just doesn't seem fair. Come on. I, 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 spit it, I got nothing. Spit it out. Spit it out. I, I got, I got, I got nothing. I would have loved to have seen him suit up against us. That's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> yeah, that we, been don't, okay. we don't have that kind of luck anyway. You know, you know okay. what concerns me about that Buffalo Bills team is nothing. No, their no, defense. No, no, we we played the Jets and put up 12 points on them, and and Buffalo nah. put up like 48 points against them. So that there is a concern for me. I wouldn't be worried about that little 40 point effort. Yeah, well, you know it's it's a division game, and you know what they say about division games: you can throw records out the window. Yeah, uh, and I and I think that to be true for the most part. So you know, we talked about that. They I, also went to Minnesota and won. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yep. there's that. No doubt. Yeah, I I think they'll be close, tough games. I do. Um, that's if we're lucky. If we're not lucky, we'll get blown out. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's the name of the quarterback they started uh, a week or two ago that scored? 40 points or whatever it was. Yeah. That, Matt Quan uh, Matt Barkley? Barkley, Was yes. it Matt Quan? Yeah. Oh, no, just Matt. Matt. Yeah. Matt Barkley, a uh, guy who most thought couldn't play. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what we get when we play him. But as far as my expectations, uh, it's much like yours, Daniel. I want to see the young guys progress. That's really what I'm looking for over the final six games. Um, I want to see Gase uh, keep the team motivated and, and keep the team playing hard. I do think they've played hard this year, regardless of what some people say. Yeah, uh, and I'd like to see that continue. No quit. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't care if they lose. I honestly don't. I don't want them to lose, but I don't care if they lose because to me right now it's not important. But I want to see them play hard because that is important. You're right. Hundred um, percent progression and and no quit. Yep. And we'll see where it goes. Well, you know, they're still behind the eight ball. I mean, you know, missing Wilson and missing Grant and missing the other players that they're missing, it's a tough spot because they're not a great offense with all those players. Um, you know, so they're a little behind the eight ball, and I understand that. And I think most people should understand that if they're being reasonable. But uh, we'll get there. You know, it, it it is a process, and we will get there, and people just have to be a little bit patient. Uh, yeah, but you sure. still want to see those things I mentioned, because once you stop seeing that, then you have to consider making changes, and you don't want to have to consider that. You know, I thought it was really cool today. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of myself a little bit here. I got a notification at work that Tannehill was back against Indianapolis, and I literally said, all right, Miami, you know, in the middle of my warehouse, and everybody's like, what is going on? And I was excited to have Tannehill back. Believe it or not, I was excited to have Tannehill back. But there's something I think that people may be missing here. And I'm going to put this kind of in the same vein as a Jameis Winston. Okay, if Tannehill is able to go out there, I think Gase has to have this last little hurrah with Tannehill. You know, not let him sit if he's able to go out and make sure. I mean, we know. We've seen enough. And I think Gase probably knows at this point too. But these final six games are going to be really important to rather Tannehill is cut at the end of the year if we trade him for, you know, snacks, not snacks Harrison, but like pretzels and peanut butter, or he is the starter next year. Now, I personally think he's going to be the starter next year regardless. Um, I don't know if he'll, if he'll be the answer, 
but I think he'll be the starter because I don't know that they're going to find a quarterback next year. I don't think going the free agent route is the smartest route for them to take. Uh, although it might be a better short-term option, I don't think it's the right long-term option. And I'm assuming that they'd rather wait until 2020 and get one of the better quarterbacks because really the only guy anybody's talking about is, is what's his name, Hebert, uh, coming out next year. Herbert, uh, yeah. Yeah, Herbert, whatever it is. So, you know, I don't know. I honestly don't. But I, I think I would be more inclined to wait to when there's a half a dozen guys that are worth having. I think I agree with you that he will be. Uh-huh. But I don't want him to be. You know, like I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm tired of seeing the same thing. And even if it's a stopgap Tyrod Taylor, or if it's a rookie third round pick, or if it's Luke Falk, I'm, I'm ready to see somebody else under center who has the capabilities of doing something different than what Tannehill has given us over the last seven. I'm just ready. Yeah, but I don't know the cases. Yeah, I, I, I'm torn on this. I mean. Daniel, you mentioned, you know, you hollered out when you saw Tannehill was coming back. And the reason that... For, All right, Miami! Yeah! Well, we haven't scored a touchdown in a month. So, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, we need something. So, hopefully, he will help that. But, I mean, I'm with you. He will help that. Yeah. yeah. He will help he, that. He's definitely got a better arm, no doubt. Uh, but like you said, Daniel, I'm, I'm kind of with you where I just want to be done with this whole era of of Tannehill and I got a feeling he's going to be our starter next year because I don't think there's going to be much of a better option unless something miraculous happens with a Teddy Bridgewater or something like that but I got a bad feeling that we're going to have 17 under center again next year and we're going to look to 2020 for our for our new quarterback I think so too um, I like I said I don't disagree, but if Gase was smart, he'd probably just listen to the fans and give them what give us what we want. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Come on, do because what we then, tell then you. Then everybody damn it. would stop. Everybody'd stop. You know what I mean? At least momentarily. So why are you protecting this guy? Okay, I you digress. Know, you know what that buys him? That buys him about three weeks of Bridgewater playing bad, <laughs> and then everybody's going to turn on Gase from Bridgewater. He shouldn't have brought him in. He's a bum, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes. What a dumbass. This front right. office can't make a right decision. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, so, I agreed with it when it happened, but get the uh-huh. hell with that. Get the no, guy. they won't say that, though. Get the guy from Walmart. He can do fine. Uh-huh. The guru can't teach nobody, you know? Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. so it is what it is. Uh, you know, until we get good quarterback play, nobody's going to be happy. But I don't think you rush the process. you got to wait for the right guy. So that's just how I feel about it. We'll see what they do. Uh, you guys want to talk about some uh, midseason awards? MVP. MVP. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, granted, they're a little late, but we needed something to talk about today, and this should be fun. Yeah. Um, how about Rookie of the Year? I say, Who's going first? I say number 29, M- yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick. He's done everything that we asked him to do at whatever position we asked him to play, and he's done it well. He's graded out well. I don't see anybody else for Rookie of the Year that comes close, in my opinion. It's got to be Minka. Well, I really like what Jerome Baker has given us at the linebacker spot. I really, really do. But I agree. I mean, I don't know how it can be somebody other than 29. He's 
you know, for lack of a better term, Swiss Army knife and does everything on the back end of that defense. You know who's done pretty much everything asked of him? Jason Sanders. I like it. That's my pick. I like it. You know, I, I like it. I thought about Jason and I, you know, I was like, he's been spectacular. He's only missed what one extra point and one field goal right. or something. So, right. and he's, you know, he's, he had a game winner for us and that's a lot of pressure for a rookie. So, you know, he, you know, him and him and Jerome Baker would be my two and three guys. But uh, and the only reason the only reason I picked him over Minka because I think obviously Minka is going to be the better player. But the reason I picked him over Minka is because Minka was playing about fifty percent of the snaps for eight games. Yeah. So I uh, I had Jason Sanders keyed for a a midseason award later in the conversation. Okay. Oh man. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> Let's talk about pass of the year. Uh, Jim, what was your favorite pass this year? Well, we didn't have all that many to choose from. I did enjoy. <laughs> I, I did. I did enjoy. I did enjoy uh, watching Wilson take that short pass to the house in between all those defensive guys. So that was that was uh, that was a, a big deal for me. That was that was a lot of fun to watch. But it was a short pass, so. I would have to go with the the deep pass to Stills in the in the back of the engine end zone. Tannehill uh, Tannehill dropped that ball in right on the dime, and that was a perfectly executed play. And uh, that's what I'd have to go with. Perfect timing, perfect pass. Thirty-four yep. yards. Yep. Tannehill stood tall, tall in the pocket while a guy was coming at his legs. Straight dropped it in the bucket. Stills actually ran into the wall. Jimmy stole my pass of the season. Oh man, that was exactly the one that I was going to choose. That one against the Raiders. It was a thing of beauty. If we could only see more of that, I really thought about picking that one, but I, I had to go with a different one. And the one that I chose was the uh, seventy-five yard pass from uh, Tannehill to Stills in the Tennessee game. Hmm. Nice pass. Uh huh. It was, and it came at a big time in the game. Uh, but you could easily pick either one of them. Um, yeah, and I'm going to just throw in a, a honorable mention. Uh, you know, when you got Wilson coming out and then he throws the bomb uh-huh. and, and Jakeem Grant takes it to the house, that's that's always a wonderful thing to see happen. Yeah, but that's kind of cheating. Yeah, it's, that's, hey, that's honorable mention. That's a trick play. That doesn't count. <laughs> uh-huh. It's, uh-huh. It was a pass, bud. Yeah, it I was a pass. You. I hear you. <laughs> And with our quarterback play, that might be the best one of the bunch. You know, or or the Amendola pass, <laughs> Amendola him. throwing it to Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. Another beautiful pass by a guy not named quarterback. See, oh. it's not so tough to throw, is it? Oh, Mike. <laughs> that was a pretty bad burn there, Mike. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who would your offensive player of the year be? Jimmy, you want to steal mine again? Do you want to go first? No, no, Daniel, you go ahead. I don't want to steal I- your thunder. I don't think there's any doubt that the the ageless wonder Frank Gore has to be our offensive player of the year. I, now at this point, you know, we haven't had a lot to cheer for and and Frank Gore is going in there and he's being a man amongst boys and he's running down their throat and and breaking tackles and he's a catalyst for a lot of these drives and and I just think that as far as I'm concerned Frank Gore has to be the player of the year on the offensive side. I got I got Frank Gore as my number two guy. I uh, he's done spectacular. He's played very well. 
he just gets it done. Every He has very, very few negative plays. They almost always, you know, he gets two or three yards minimum every time. But a guy that we needed to step up and we really didn't have any option if he didn't was Laramie Tunzel at left uh, tackle. And nice. it's it's not a flashy a flashy pick because he doesn't That's sc- a great pick. He doesn't he doesn't sc- That's a very very great. He pick. doesn't score touchdowns, but damn it man, if you don't have a good left tackle, your quarterback is going to do a lot of running around and taking grass out of his helmet. So uh, I give my kudos to Laramie Tunzel for stepping up and, and becoming a, a, a pretty damn good left tackle. I got to be honest, I, I didn't think of Tunzel. Maybe I didn't because, either, but Maybe I because it. I expected that out of Tunzel. What I didn't expect, and the guy I chose, was uh, Albert Wilson, because I did uh, not expect him to come in and dominate the way he did for as many games as he did. You know what? He and I got him down in my notes here, Wilson, pre-injury, because he was outstanding. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose you, an MVP, once they go out, the offense starts to sputter, right? So I like that pick, too. He just isn't with us right now, yeah. which sucks. Well, and I'd again, like, these are midseason awards. At the sure. end of the season, we might go with Tunsil, you know? Sure. You and go. I'd like to add to all of you Finn fans that are listening, obviously your fans because you're listening, go and vote for these guys for the Pro Bowl because it would be awesome to see these guys make it and Jarvis Landry not make it. Oh, another another stinger! Zing, another stinger zing. coming out. Well, does does Landry deserve to make it? Uh, no, and I'm not voting for him. <laughs> but I am I am voting for Danny Amendola. There you go. How about defensive player of the year? This is kind of a a tough pick for me because our defense has been iffy at best. But there's two or three guys. That, oh, I thought you were going to say lights out. No, no, it hasn't been oh. lights out. I mean, oh. a couple of oh. games they've played spectacular, but you know, they haven't put that together very often. But there's three guys really that that come to my mind on defense. And number one was my rookie of the year, Fitzpatrick. He's He's been key in the backfield. And another guy that's been very solid for us is Xavier Howard in the secondary. He's been very good. And then we've got Cameron Wake, who's always highly rated, and he's had a bit of an offseason as far as sacks go, but we played a lot of teams that got the ball out quickly and, and game plan to eliminate Wake's presence. But I've got to pick Fitzpatrick here for defensive player right now. Like I said before, I picked him best rookie of the year and all, but he's done everything asked of him, and he's done it well. And granted, he had limited snaps in the beginning, but uh, he still still got it done when it needed to be done, and uh, that's the way I'm going to go with it. I love it. He's all over the field right now, playing in safety, playing all the cornerback positions. And I just, I love that pick. And I'm going to go now because I know if I don't go, Mike's going to steal my defensive player of the year. And so I'm going to go, and you guys are going to love this. Kiko Alonso. Oh no! Now, no. now, now, before you, now, before you jump on me and say, how in the hell is that possible? Kiko Alonso is everywhere. He's okay. made some big plays. He's he's not really great in coverage, and he's been beaten a few times. He sucks in coverage. Let's just be real. 
so he's not very good in coverage and he's been beaten a few times but i tell you what he's everywhere and not only is he our leading tackler but he's top three in the league and in addition to that he's caused a bunch of fumbles and he's picked the ball off and he's he he makes a difference on the defensive side he has the leadership that they're looking for at the linebacker position he has been everywhere and i think he's a catalyst on the defensive side of the ball and and without him i don't know where the hell we'd be he's a catalyst for the kickoff team he's he's a catalyst period like i i mean i know he takes he takes a lot of punishment from the fans and from the league but but he's he's a man out there and he does every everything he can and and i while there's holes all over in his game, I love watching him fly around. And Kiko Alonso right now is my defensive player. Nah, I'm just making fun. I'm not really going to criticize that pick because he has made some impact plays. And you want to see that out of your linebackers. And we do see it once in a while out of Kiko. But he annoys the crap out of me sometimes. Yeah, no, um, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my issue with Kiko. He, he makes some great plays, and then he makes some great misses that cost us points on the board. So I, exactly. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't pick Kiko. He's, he makes a lot of tackles, but uh, it's usually downfield, so it's too late at that point. Mine was Minka, if anybody cares. Minka. We care. We care. Yeah, we care. Great, yeah, great, mine was Minka. Great minds think alike. I thought so, Jim. <laughs> and uh, poor right. minds don't. Most, most, va- poor no, well, some poor minds sometimes say Kiko, but I'm not saying that you have a poor mind. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm just, next? You know, you're the same guy that wanted to cut Phillips in training camp. Anyway. Yeah, um, no, hey, that's okay, because eventually his ass Eventually got he got cut. Yep. Yeah, that's not going to happen to Kiko. No, it's not yet anyway. Uh, most valuable player. Jim, go ahead. Man, you're going to make me go first? I, think, I can go first if you'd like me to. I think uh, let's let Mike go first on this one. I can dig it. I easy. can dig it. It's easy for me. Cameron Wake. Ooh, stepping up with the Wakester. Yep. I don't I need like to it. explain it. He's been consistent pretty much all year long. Yes, he doesn't have a lot of sack numbers, but he is definitely somebody. If he wasn't on that end, we would be in bigger trouble than we already are. Especially with all the injuries that we've had on the line. Yep. I can dig that. I, uh, I'm i going to go with another defender, and you would think that uh, I picked Kiko as my defensive player of the year, but I'm not going to pick Kiko as my MVP. I hate to break it to you guys. It's not going to happen this time. I'm going to go with Xavier Howard. I thought hard about going Danny Amendola here because he moves the changes and catches everything, but I love Xavier Howard's game. He shuts down. He he did a really good job against Devontae Adams. He did an equally good job against DeAndre Hopkins, and he changes the games in the back end. He picked off a couple of different balls in the end zone, mind you, to save games for us. He covers everybody we ask him to. Without him, we would be in shambles. Not only um, not only against the running game like we already are, but against the passing game as well. Xavier Howard, pay the man, is my MVP. I could get behind that. Yeah, I can respect both those picks because I, I my my three MVPs were all on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, especially you know with our with our offense not clicking very well, it's it's difficult to pick out a shining star, but. 
Yeah. You know, Cameron could Wade. Be, could be Tunzel. Yes, right? I did think about yeah. Tunzel, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Like like Daniel pointed out, you know, Howard has made some impact plays that saved game, saved wins for us. So he's impacted the wins and losses. Uh, but I have to pick Cameron Wake, the same as you, Michael. I This guy... What do you guys say about great minds? Yeah, well, I... This guy has done nothing but be a consummate professional. He keeps himself in impeccable condition. Um, his sack numbers were down. I mentioned earlier about teams, you know, getting the ball out in two seconds so he doesn't have time to impact it. But this guy, he sets the edge very well. You know, people pick on him that, oh, he can't, he's not good against the run. Well, if you look at his, at his ratings against the run, he's one of our higher-ranked guys. He is. So... I don't. He's doing a very good job. I don't see what these guys are. What they're. Everybody's upset because he doesn't have ten sacks already. Well, I mean, if if the quarterback's getting rid of the ball, you're not going to get sacks. That's that's just all there is to it. And and Wake comes in and he does his work and he practices hard and he plays hard and he does everything the franchise could ever want from the guy. And uh, I, I I give the MVP to Cameron Wake. You know, I was talking to a guy on the page, and uh, he was telling me that Wake gets single teamed, and he can't even beat a single team. I said, no, <laughs> not correct. He gets Watch shipped all the time. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he wanted to argue with me, so I sent him pictures of him being chipped. I mean, people, I don't know what they see, but they're not always accurate in, the, in what they assume is the case. And you, you have to remember that the refs also know that Cameron Wake is a bad man, so they allow the offensive linemen to hold him most, most of the time. <laughs> I, I think they're especially in New England. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. You know, the, the right tackle gets a lot more uh, leeway on those holding calls than, mm-hmm. anybody, than against any other guys. Our jerseys must be tough to see for some reason, because whenever they're held, the officials just can't seem to be able to distinguish the hands on them. I don't know. I, uh, I think it's really important here to note, guys, that when you're selecting an MVP, you got to select somebody who makes a difference. And what would it be like without him? I love the Cameron Wake pick, guys. I got to say that Xavier Howard did has played very well. And, and yeah. if you take him out of the equation, we're in a world of hurt, no question. I agree. You can go either way on that one pretty easy. And I think Tunsil has to be in that conversation as well. Uh, comeback player of the year. Well, I think we talked about this beforehand, and there, there's really not a lot of options. Mike, I think maybe all of us agree with you. Who is your pick on this one? Raekwon McMillan. McMillan, got to be. Yeah, there really was nobody else that would be worthy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tannehill hasn't been worthy. He has, hasn't come back enough. Right. Uh, special teams play of the year. Jim? I want to hear what you got to say on this one, Daniel. Since, <laughs> since we keep we keep upstaging you, I want to hear what your thoughts are first thing. No, I don't. I don't know if it's possible to upstage a fine Finn fan like myself, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the punt return, the 79 yard punt return against Cincinnati. Now, see, you, you took know, you stole my pick. Well, I also went with that because I knew you was gonna take it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't, but. No, really, like, so we was already up 7 to nothing at the point in the game, and, and it put us up 14. The way he tight-roped those last 5 to 10 yards, it, it was a thing of beauty, and it, it really showed other teams who may not have known um, how much they have to account for Jakeem Grant, and, and we didn't see him get another one since then, if I, if I remember correctly. So uh, I think that that, that play uh, was just a thing of beauty. 
Yeah. Well, guys, I I went with uh, Grant's 101 yard kickoff return against Tennessee. Also, beauty, beautiful. Yeah, yeah those those two were uh, you pick it kind of deal for me. Uh, both of those were great displays of of Grant's speed, agility, footwork, all of the above. He he tip he tap danced around guys and 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 tight roped and 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 scored touchdowns. Those are those are great plays, both of them. Jim, did you have a different one, or was you? No, was, I was. Oh, you know, was you gonna, were going to take. Mine. I was going to pick that that punt return against Cincinnati. It came it, and it came at a good time. And when he when we got up, we got up in that game fourteen to zip. I was like, man, well, we got a chance in this game, and uh, we continued on in the first half, and it looked good. And and we don't want to talk about the rest of it. Yeah, I think everybody in Dolphin Nation at halftime thought we had that wrapped up wrapped up yeah i was very excited and uh i should have turned it off at halftime i guess (laughs) i think we should give an honorable mention here to jason sanders against the bears overtime kick the field goal to win yep yeah no no doubt that was key now this last category was a tough one to add because i think it's going to be relatively unanimous but uh what is our coach of the year I know, I think I know exactly what you guys are going to say. Go ahead, because I think I've got, I think I'm going to throw you a curveball. Uh-oh. Okay, well, I think it's got to be uh, Darren Rizzi. Uh, that's the obvious choice. I think that's the obvious choice. What do you have, Jim? Is that, well, is that your guy? My automatic, my automatic is Darren Rizzi. He's gotten the most out of all of his special teams for years now. From punters and place kickers, you know, we've we've changed those guys around, and, and he's made some hard choices picking guys. You know, we had Joseph in here early on and Sanders, and, and he picked Sanders, and Sanders has performed well. And, you know, we've got a couple of scores on punt and kick returns. Um, we've got a couple of blocked kicks uh, on the defensive side. And Darren Rizzi is a key special teams guy, and I think he's going yeah, to be like the second or third ranked special teams in the league. Yeah, and I I think he's somebody's going to steal him away for a head coach very soon. Uh, you shut your dirty. Well, mouth. I don't like it, but that's just the way the NFL works. And uh, I do have to say though that Adam Gase, I mean, this poor guy is he has not had much luck since getting to the Dolphins team you know you come in here with your starting quarterback and and you have some he didn't know about the Indians when he took the job yeah I know uh you know but you know you lose your starting quarterback and now you gotta find somebody off the street to play quarterback and you know and this was going to the second year in a row yeah and this was going to be the year and then Tannehill goes down again and it's you know you've got 11 guys on IR and uh, you you can't you can't make the things happen that you want to make happen when you have these kind of issues. And here we sit at five and five, and we're still, we're still looking at possible playoffs. So you know that's that's playoffs. That's, did he say playoffs? I did. Playoffs. I did say the p word. I said possible playoffs. It's still that's on the table. Words. Playoffs. Uh, you know it's the p rule there. Proper prior planning. But anyway, you know I mean Gase has hasn't done a bad job with what he's been given and and handed this the last few years. So, but I still got to go with Darren Rizzi. Okay, I I love it. Obviously, Rizzi has done an amazing job, and and I told you to shut your dirty mouth because I tend to agree there are going to be a lot of teams looking at Rizzi. I mean, if they're not, they're fools. 
Rizzy is is a great coach and he gets the best out of his men. But I am going to throw a curveball at you. I'm not going to go with Gase as much as I'd like to because you you said some really key things for me. Like he's doing the best with what he's got. But for me, he hasn't scored a touchdown. He hasn't he hasn't gotten us down the field to score a touchdown in three games, and he hasn't done it in an opening drive in in a year and a half. And are so you gonna me, are you gonna play the Matt Burke card? I, I am going to go on the defensive side of the ball, okay? Look how many injuries we have had along the defensive line. We've got guys that have gone out for the season, guys who are making a huge impact like Vincent Taylor, another guy who is going to be a, a multifaceted star for us on that defensive line in William Hayes. And and I realize that we're giving up a lot of a lot of rushing yards, but not all of that is on the defensive line. You said something key that just and made me believe in my pick even more. You said we have blocked some kicks. That doesn't necessarily come all from Darren Rizzi. That comes from your defensive line. And I'm going to give the def- the coach of the year to this point to Chris Kachurik. The defensive line coach is doing some amazing things with guys that are coming in off the practice squad. Guys like Cameron Malvo, who, if I'm not mistaken, we've also lost now. But Vincent Taylor and Devon Godshaw in the middle of that defense with the loss of Sue made a huge impact. You got guys like Andre Branch who's playing pretty well. And you got you got a guy like Cameron Wake who's doing Cameron Wake things. And I just I love the job that Chris Kachurik is doing. I think that given the time and the injury free season next year that he's going to continue to do better, but I just love the job that he's doing. And and so he is my uh, coach of the year. Okay. I'm not going to criticize that because I'm not in the mood. Um, we got a game coming up against Indianapolis and, uh, I don't know if most people realize that they probably do by now, but Andrew Luck is playing like a man possessed. He's back. Yes. Yeah, he's it's, back. He's he's had over. How do you guys see the game going? Ooh boy, it's winnable. I I do believe the game is winnable. Um, I don't think we win, and <laughs> I think it's winnable. But I don't think we win. I don't think we have oh. enough horses on the defensive side of the ball to stop Luck. That's the short skinny of it. Uh huh. What about you, Jim? There's one key to this game, and if we have any success, we're going to have to rush the passer. Andrew Luck hasn't been sacked. I think he went four games straight without getting sacked one time. I was um, just about to go there. And, I've got a nugget on that and, when you're done. And, you know, I, that's all fantastic. And, you know, they've got a, a Quentin Nelson was a high, uh, high draft pick, I think, two years ago. But. Nope. This, this year. was he just this year? You know, he's playing yep. well. Their offensive line has gelled somehow. They've got two rookies on that offensive line that are playing really good football. And, you know, if you don't sack the quarterback for four games, your quarterback is going to get very content back there. And he's going to relax and, and do what he does best, which should be throw the football. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's had games where he was, you know, pass a rating of 120, 120, 130, 130. He's like a kid in a candy store. He's not used to that kind of protection. Exactly. He's been he's been used to getting up off the grass and, you know, wiping the, the dirt off him to, to, to make the next play. And he's not having to do that now. So if we can rush the passer, 
which you know hasn't been easy against the Colts lately. They've they've won what four out of the last five games. They're on a hot streak, and uh, it's going to be very difficult. But that is the key, the one and only key to this game, as far as I'm concerned. If if you can't pressure Andrew Luck, he's going to beat you. So uh, you know that's it in a nutshell. You're going to have to put him on the turf. Yeah, my key to this as well is right there. It's being able to get pressure on Andrew Luck. And and I said I have a nugget about this, and I seen a stat today that blew my mind. So the record for most consecutive dropbacks without a sack, the number one quarterback on that list is Dan Marino with 750-some dropbacks without a pressure or without a sack, and that was in like 88, 89. Okay, and number two on that list all-time in the NFL is Andrew Luck this season right now currently behind an offensive line that they have put together with two rookies and uh, some other guys that they have finally said, you know, we've got to protect luck. And and they've been doing a really good job of that. And I think it's up to like 270 dropbacks or so without a sack. We have to get pressure on him. And I think it's going to be imperative for Kucherik on that defensive line and, and Matt Burke to be able to not have to dial up a lot of pressures blitzes because Andrew Luck will not only get the ball out fast, but he will tear us apart. I see T.Y. Hilton being covered by Xavier Howard this week, but the thing that I'm scared of, and it's something that goes back to the last few years for us, is the tight ends. Andrew Luck and the and the Colts utilize the he tight burned. ends more than any other team in the league. They're top two in tight end targets, tight end catches, tight end touchdowns. It's going to be really imperative for us, if especially if we can't get pressure on Luck, to be able to cover those tight ends. Because if we don't, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron are going to just destroy us. Okay, Daniel, I got one comment to make. Earlier you said that Kiko was your defensive player of the year, and this is not a good matchup for him. I wish you wouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> but you're I wish right. you wouldn't have picked them player of the year but <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let me let me let me gather myself for a second i think that matt burke knows that this is a tough matchup for him i think that you're going to see minka covering tight ends i think you're going to see jerome baker covering tight ends i don't I don't want to see Kiko in coverage against either one of these guys. I'd much rather see TJ McDonald down and covering these guys who TJ struggles a little bit too. But in the end, it goes back to something that Gay said a few weeks ago is we've got to continue to do different things so that they don't see the same things. And and I think we're going to see some different things from the defense this week. I do think that the tight ends are going to eat on us and and they're going to succeed in the middle of the field, most likely against Kiko. But I do think it's going to be really important. And those are the matchups that we're going to have to watch. Well, to me, guys, it's like it's like uh, Brady or Breeze or any of the other good quarterbacks. They're going to get their points. So to rely on rushing the passer, yeah, you can do that. But odds are you're not going to be overly successful. So I think the key lies on the other side of the ball. I think we have to play some ball control. And uh, we've got to finish drives, which is something we just haven't been doing. If we're going to win the game, it's going to take points. So that, to me, is the key of the game. But I don't like our chances this week. Yeah, I think you nailed it when you said ball control. 
Yep. We've got to have the time of possession advantage in this game if we want to have any chance. Yeah. Any chance. Okay, guys. We keep talking about this ball control crap, and I've forgotten all about that because I don't think we've ever possessed the ball more than 30 minutes a game in, like, years. Wait, wait. You've forgotten about it or you don't know what it looks like? Both, I think. I'm, it's yeah. It's been so long. <laughs> I mean, the last— Because our quarterbacks don't convert on third ah. down. It's real hard to win time of possession when you can't convert a third down. <laughs> One of the—I go back to that Jets game when we were we were up by six or something, and it was towards the end of the game, and, and we, we succeeded to complete a drive for like six minutes to towards the end of the game. Right. And— that's what you need to do to win football games is comp- That's exactly right. And and I mean it Absolutely. was a it was a it was not an exciting game, but that one drive was like that was the that was the best thing to watch all year for me because they completed a drive. And uh you know, that was big and and if they can do that more often, you know, complete some third downs, mind you the Colts are completing like half of their third down attempts where, where we're at like 30%. So, uh, you know, I don't know what the solution is, and we've got a lot of injuries, so it's not going to be easy. But, you know, that's what needs to happen one way or the other. Well, the solution is don't give them the ball. Yeah, we'll take five, convert. We'll take five or six downs, as many as it takes, right? Right. Yeah, going into this season, I looked at this game as one of those ones that I thought uh, we were going to go up there and take. And most of it was because the unsurety about Andrew Luck. And as the season has progressed, I think the Colts right now are, are, if not the hottest, definitely one of the top two or three hottest teams in the AFC right now. And it it's all on the uh, the rebuilt shoulder of Andrew Luck. And we're definitely going to need to have everybody play their best, including the guy who has an injured shoulder for us, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Just in case you guys can't tell, I am a big fan of the no-huddle offense and the fast-paced offenses, but only when you have a defense that can support it. Well, and, and only when you continue to convert. Like, right. I don't want to see us, you know, doing the no-huddle offense if we can't convert third downs. Because that just destroys the, any chance our defense has. Agreed. Yeah, if you get if you have an incomplete pass on first down or a or a rush for two yards, now you're second and long, and and if anything goes wrong at all, you get and that's a time for we'll get a, a false start or a holding, and now you're now you're second and seventeen. Uh, you know that that no huddle thing is fine if you're making positive yardage and and come you know converting third downs but man those three and outs it only take 37 seconds that's that's unacceptable right right and it tires out your defense it just doesn't help you yeah they don't even yeah. they don't even have time to get a damn drink never mind rest you know yeah there there's a few things that i'm going to be watching for in this game i'm going to be watching our t- our tackles I want to see how well they've progressed since being out that last game. I'm going to be looking at a guy named Bryce Butler. Believe it or not, we just brought him in, and I do expect him to play a role this weekend. I think Adam Gase has a shiny new toy that he wants to play with and see what he's got out of him, and I'm going to be watching our linebackers. So I think that the Indianapolis Colts end up outscoring us in their home dome 31-21. to I think we are going to score some touchdowns. I just don't see us outscoring Andrew Luck and company unless we can pressure him. We haven't seen a whole lot of that. But, you know, you never know. But I still got the Colts right now 38-24. to 24. I think uh, 
they're going to have some success and we're not going to have enough success. So, Yep, I would say 34-17, Indianapolis. You don't even think we're going to score 20, huh? No. Come on, we got Ryan Tannehill back. <laughs> no. We got Ryan Tannehill. No. Let's no. let's have some substance here, Mike. Uh, you know, here give us a rusty. give us a bone, will you? His arm hurts. Oh, okay. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you guys one more prediction for this game. Okay. And you may scoff at me. I might. Uh, you might, and and I'll be okay with it. There's a, a, something I've seen in the last couple of games, and I believe I mentioned it in the last podcast, is we've come out of the game looking pretty sharp. And That's for, one, for one reason or another, you know, rather it be Brock Osweiler allowing the ball to slip through his fingers or, you know, whatever it happens, we don't put it in the end zone on that we first drive. And I believe that this week in Indianapolis, we come out and we score a touchdown on the first drive. I can, get, I can go with that. I, I don't. I wouldn't say you're wrong. Had a boy. Yeah, I mean, had a boy. I mean, the ta- they got to eventually. It's going to happen sometime. Might as well be this week. There you go. Tannehill to Stills is a good connection, so they'll they'll be glad to be getting together again. But I still think they only score 17 points, though. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Just wanted to add thank you so much for everybody who is listening and subscribing to the podcast. Please continue to share this and and get this podcast out. And if you are not aware, I know you heard Mike say something about a conversation on the page earlier in this podcast. Come join Miami Dolphins number one on Facebook. We would love to have you for all the additional conversations that we have on a daily basis. Yes, please. Uh, That is Miami Dolphins number one, hashtag one. We are talking 24-7 Dolphins, and you'd probably join right in and uh, mix right in. So anyway, uh, that's all I got for today. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you guys for joining me, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, we sure hope that they don't uh, come out the same way we predicted it. Let's go up to Indy and get a win, boys. Let's get a win. Fins up. Fins up. Fins up.